Good morning. Welcome to Thy Strong Word. I'm Pastor A.J. Espinosa. We're reading the entire Bible together, book by book, chapter by chapter. Here we are in Joshua at chapter 15, and we really have reached this turning point. Uh, yesterday, of course, this part that I just love, this moment between Joshua and Caleb, um, and this conversation they have, right, as uh, comrades in arms looking back on their experience together and everything that they have seen by God's grace together and, and how they continue even to see and to be successful by God's grace. And, and now, right, with with Caleb, right, 85-year-old Caleb going off and and conquering, right, this uh, this man of the tribe of Judah, we now get the allotment for Judah here in chapter 15. It's all about the land, and, and then we're going to go on to Ephraim and Manasseh, and then after that we're going to move on to the other tribes. Uh, and, and so it's all about the land. It's all about places. So it's kind of a challenge for us, you know, because we're these are places that probably most of us haven't been to. I know I have never gotten to go to, uh, you know, the brook of Egypt, right, or, uh, you know, the wilderness of Zin. So we're going to have to kind of fill in some of these place names here to appreciate just uh, just what's being said. But the, the focus is on the promise, the inheritance that God has given his people. And that is something we certainly relate to, that we have an inheritance through our Lord Jesus. Joining us today, we have this is a pleasure. I see that we have Pastor Kevin Martin. He hasn't been with us for a little while, so it's so great to have him back. Pastor Kevin Martin of Our Savior Lutheran Church in Raleigh, North Carolina. Welcome back, brother. It's been a little while. How you been? I've been good. It's good to be back on the show. Yeah, I appreciate the invitation. Looking forward to it. Yeah, 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 certainly. And, um, you know, what a, what a time to come back. I guess you really must like geography, I take it. I do. I, well, I love Joshua. And I, you <laughs> know, I good. just want to say, I think that in those days, 85 was probably like the new 30 or something. You know, they seem pretty spry for, for 85, well, the two of right. them. Right. Yeah. Yeah, certainly. But, I mean, I mean, you know, I mean, they were the only two uh, 85-year-olds in all of the people of Israel. So I, I guess people might not have really uh, known what to do with them, I suppose. Uh, you know, like, hey, maybe no. we'll all be like that when we're 85, you know? I, <laughs> maybe. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah. Right, right. But so, yeah, so here we have it. It is um, it is actually, by the time you name everything, it, it's kind of a, a longer chapter here, longer than the chapters have been so far. But, yeah, um, you know, I think I remember the last time that, that we had you on, we were talking a little bit about my research interest of word order, I don't know how much word order we're going <laughs> to have to look at today since it's just a lot no. of place names. It's just kind of a lot of lists, right? A lot of lists, a lot of lists, not a lot of narrative in this one, actually. But right. the little bit of narrative that there is is pretty interesting, though. Certainly, certainly. So I'm, I'm glad to, to have you with us and to be taking a look at that today. Well, without any further ado, would you start us off with a prayer for us and for everyone listening along and reading along with us today? Yes, let us pray. Gracious God, our Heavenly Father, we thank you that you gave your people of old an allotment in the land that you had for them. So you give us an allotment in heaven with our Savior, Jesus Christ. We pray that you would draw us closer to him and to his promises as we consider your faithfulness to your people of old today, which is ever new for us in our day. In the name of our Savior, we pray. Amen. 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 All right. So, um, yes, well, we were 
we're just talking a little bit as we were getting started about Caleb and Joshua and the scene that they have between them. Mm. Um, do you want to speak maybe just a little bit more to to this connection between the previous chapter um, and this one here? You know, we've been talking the last few times here yeah. about kind of like what the logic is between, you know, wh why do we kind of like, you know, stop the narrative to just talk about th this long list of names, kind of how these chapters fit together? Right. Yeah, well, like you said, I mean, Caleb and Joshua are the only two, and it's probably worth going back and remembering why they're the only two, because they were two of the 12 spies way back in Numbers who went to spy out the land. And unlike the other 10, Caleb and Joshua came back and gave a good report of the promised land. And they said, yeah, there's giants, you know, yeah, there's fortified cities. Yeah, you know, they're a lot bigger than we are, but our God is on our side and we should not fail to go in and take possession because the Lord will give it to us. So they are the only two of the 12 that are faithful. Sadly, uh, Israel listened to the other 10, led to 40 years wandering, and God's punishment was the generation that would not receive uh, his word of promise would not see the promised land. So even Moses, because of his rebellion uh, with the uh, unfortunate business was whacking the uh, rock instead of right. speaking nicely to it. Even he doesn't make <laughs> it. So Caleb right. and Joshua are the only two men of the original 600,000 brought out of Egypt that see the promised land. So that's why there is that wonderfully poignant scene, like you said, at the end of the last chapter, where the two of them is like, wow, brother, <laughs> did you and me? Yeah. But, but the joy in it is they're not rejoicing that, ah, we're the last one standing, you know, hey, we made it to 85, you know, nobody else did. <laughs> um, they're rejoicing that the Lord has fulfilled his promise, that that the, the goodness that he promised them and their faith in his word of promise was not amiss. And it, it's a wonderfully poignant scene. So the importance of the place names, and I know this is kind of like the genealogies and numbers, a lot of us who read through the Bible every year like I do, we kind of maybe skip over this, and I'm not saying mm -hmm. that that's a terrible idea, but the reason is because this is not a theoretical inheritance. This is not an abstract, you know, you get the land. We are told, and at the time it was written and for centuries later, people reading this knew exactly where these places were. And it, it's showing us that God's promises to Joshua and Caleb were fulfilled in a very concrete and wonderful way. I mean, this is a lot of territory that just, right. that just um, Caleb and, and Judah are getting. So it, it, I think that's what's important about going through the place names is to see that this is not – it's not abstract. And the tie-in, you know, maybe for us today, as you well said in your introduction – We've been promised a land, you know, as Christians with Jesus. We've been promised a mansion, you know, with, with him, right. uh, a place in his house. And this reminds us that that promise is no less real and concrete. And at the last day, we have a very specific place in his kingdom, just like Caleb and Joshua did. The other Amen. thing I think that's important as we look through the names is to realize that these are places that would become very significant in, in the life of Israel and of our Lord and of King mm -hmm. David. And they are places, I don't know that we want to get into this, that remain highly contentious and much fought over today 
in mm-hmm. the Middle East. Right. Well, so, it, it might be worth actually making making those connections too. Um, and, and certainly, if we, we if that's uh, the direction that our live listeners want to want to take it, um, you know, I'll, sure. I'll go ahead and, and let them ask those questions. But I, I really like the way that you were putting it to begin with. That you know, it's not it's not like, hey, look, you know, Caleb and Joshua are the last guys standing. But as you were saying, they they are. I mean, I, I think the way you were kind of uh, putting it is that they're basically witnesses to the fact that everything that they saw all the land that they went out and saw and, and remember in numbers how they yep. went and they they actually took yep. pieces of like the fruit and the plants and stuff to bring back and they're like hey look at all the stuff we found this is what they got over here they are witnesses that everything like every square inch that god promised them 40 years ago right like god is giving yep. them now right i mean like they serve this yeah. really important function here i mean in, in some ways they're kind of like the uh, apostles um in this situation where it's like hey we actually saw the resurrection we have seen the inheritance and, and we yeah. and we can tell you that this is exactly like the way it was what what god promised so i mean it really it really is a, a nice connection that hey look these are the two guys who, who kind of seal it guarantee it deliver it I mean, I mean, literally here in the last bit, right? I mean, Caleb was actually functioning that way, like and going and you know taking over <laughs> um, this this last little bit there in Joshua, yeah. securing the inheritance for the people. And as you said, they also make the connections. Like you know, he was there talking to Joshua in the last part. Like, hey, you know what? Like, I was forty years old when when Moses sent me from Kadesh Barnea to spy out the land. And in this chapter, well, we're going to mention Kadesh Barnea. So, I mean. The, the connections are strong for that sake of uh, testimony, testifying, witnessing, yes. um, pointing to the promise. And, and just like like you say, the, they are witnesses like the apostles are. The apostles could say, look, it was the same body that we saw nailed across. We saw the, the wound. Yep. We saw the, yep. the, the holes in his hand and his feet and a spear wound in his side. And in a way, very, very well said that Caleb and, and Joshua are witnesses. This is exactly the land that was promised us. Oh, and by the way, it is awesome. You know, it is just as wonderful as we told you it was. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I think that's a, a really actually kind of a poignant and powerful chapter. A lot of people look at all the place names and they go, oh, you know, what gospel is there, you know, for us in this? Well, there's a lot. I mean, there's right. a lot of really um, great stuff in this chapter to bolster our faith. Yeah, no, I, I like I like your comparison, just kind of building on the analogy we're we're making here. That like these place names are like, like 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 the marks, the the nail holes in his hands, yeah. right, and, and the spear piercing in his side, right. Like these are the wounds yeah. that show that this is the same land and that the, the promise has actually come about, right? Because if they didn't have these witnesses, right, it could have been like, oh well, yeah, God said He'd give us a land and. You know, the first time it didn't really work out, so he kind of gave us this alternative land, and we're none the wiser, right? But I mean, they right, can testify. Right. They can testify and say, "No, this is this is this is the same land." Just as the apostle said, "No, this is the same guy." Um, it, it it really is remarkable how this pattern of God selecting these witnesses and graciously sparing them for the purpose of giving this witness right i mean it's just it's just a pattern yeah. that's consistent old and new testaments yeah yes and and preserving them like you say because joshua and caleb both mentioned you know hey we were 40 back then and i'm yeah. 85 and and he said and my strength is now 
as my strength was then for war and for going in and coming out. And that's not a personal boast. That, that's, that is a supernatural gift because no 85-year-old naturally is as strong and fast as he was at 40, okay? Right, right. And, and that's really a testimony. It's not bragging on their physical prowess. It's a testimony to the supernatural power and the way God yeah, keeps that's right. his promises. Yeah. yeah, it's just and, more testimony. It's more testimony. It's more the Lord is sure to his promises, and those who rely on them have a good inheritance, a very good inheritance. And we are the same way. We have right. the same promises, and we have the same Lord who will keep them in the same faithful way. I Amen. love the book of Joshua and Judges for this reason. I, oh, yeah. Oh, they're, yeah. They're, 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 they're wonderful. Yeah, they, they, they are. They are. And uh, yeah, just for all the reasons we've been saying. So thank you for uh, set, setting up the chapter so nicely there. Let, let's go ahead and get into it and start reading it. Yeah. Um, I don't want, I don't want to go too far into the place names. I'm hoping maybe to kind of right. like break them off like little, you know, chunks of the Kit Kat bar here so we can kind of digest them <laughs> and appreciate them. Because otherwise it's just it's just alphabet soup. Right. And it's just like, yep. you know, it, so maybe just a few here just to get us started here so here it is joshua chapter 15 in the english standard version from the top the allotment for the tribe of the people of judah according to their clans reached southward to the boundary of edom to the wilderness of zin at the farthest south and their south boundary ran from the end of the salt sea from the bay that faces southward it goes southward of the ascent of the Acrobim, passes along to Zin, and goes up south of Kadesh Barnea, along by Hezron, up to Adar, turns about to Karka, passes along to Asmon, goes out by the brook of Egypt, and comes to its end at the sea. This shall be your south boundary. All right, so just describing just one boundary here. And it yeah. really is neat, right? Because like, if you're like looking at a map and you and you look at like like one of these like, neat like Bible maps, and they like color each of the tribes different colors to kind of like you know helpfully um, just kind of illustrate it and help you kind of visualize this. Y- you see that like th- there's kind of this 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 swoosh that goes down uh, southwest from the Dead Sea, and like these place names seem to basically just trace it out and just kind of draw you the map with words, right? Yep. Yep. Yeah. It's also quite a vast territory. I mean, mm-hmm. it really is. Because later, I think, uh, as I recall, it's actually too much, and Simeon gets part of it, and Benjamin gets a little, you know, part within right. or two, or adjacent, which right. uh, I don't quite know the significance of that, but this, this is a vast space. Right. Yes, right. Judah gets the lion's share, um, you could say. And thanks. Yeah, no, that's that's a that's a Bible pun. So and so Judah gets this really big I mean I mean the only the only territory that really is comparable is Manasseh, which yeah. uh, makes sense also, you know, when we just when we just think back to, you know, the place of Joseph and the the double blessing that, that he he inherited and everything that we know from from Genesis. I mean, Joseph just being so yeah. prominent in the book yeah. of Genesis. I mean, really, honestly, the most prominent like single man 
um, in yeah. in all of it, just in terms of number of chapters dedicated to him. So yeah, there's Manasseh up in the north, but in the south, I mean Judah, just all this land. It's it's vast. Um, I, you know, just looking at the descriptors here, you know, it, so it starts from the Salt Sea. That, that's like a pretty mm. natural, easy place to kind of um, start. There's a body of water right there, right? Um, it mentions yep. Edom because, uh, yep. as as we've mentioned uh, before, when we were looking at Isaiah, yeah, Edom is kind of the the southern thorn in the side of Israel, mm-hmm. just all the time, right? And we remember in Numbers, right, because they were coming up from the south right, to come on up and take possession, right? And it was this thing that they could not go to war with Edom. Um, and they wanted right. to pass through Edom, because there they are in the south, kind of like in the way, and it would have been convenient to go through Edom. But remember, in Numbers, um, they, they go and they talk to Edom, like, hey, you know, like, can you just let us walk through? We won't take any of your stuff. We won't misbehave, <laughs> right? And they're like, yeah, forget about that. And then, but then yeah, God says, it. like, no, you, you, you can't, you can't mess with these guys. So, I mean, it's a, they're, they're a very prominent southern neighbor here. Well, yeah, because they're, I mean, Esau, you know, it's back yep. to Jacob and Esau. Yep. The gift that so, keeps giving. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah, the, these, uh, yeah, the, the brothers who just, uh, who just like to wrestle. So, yeah, so, they're, they're, so it's very interesting then that Judah actually does have, I mean, this is, it's a big, it's a big inheritance, but it's also a big responsibility then if they're going to be having the, the border with Edom, um, that's going to be quite the border to kind of perpetually have to defend um, in this case. So that that's significant in that respect. Um, yeah. So you got Edom in the South Sea being mentioned, the Dead Sea being mentioned. Um, it then says it goes you know back down to the wilderness of Zin. And now that um, should ring a bell as like a place where, you know, we spent a lot of time in numbers, um, wilderness yeah. of Zin. Um, you know, Kadesh, um, it's mentioned there, Kadesh Barnea, right? So that's that's down way south. This is back stuff during Numbers, kind of re- recounting the story that we kind of just had uh, ourselves reminded of with the mention of uh, well, Caleb and Joshua and their spying career. And looking forward to Zen is the wilderness where David will flee when he's on the run uh, coming up, yep. too. I mean, these are important right. places in David's uh, life, too. So, yeah, back right. and forward. Yeah, yeah. So just a very, I, I mean, like a very um, prominent, like f- southern extreme, right? I mean, like the, the outermost reaches uh, that are just remote and also a wilderness um, in the territory of Israel, right? Like as a place of, I mean, kind of interesting in e- either way. It's like a place of hiding, right? It's like you're either hiding from the promised well, land. Yeah, because yeah, I mean, you don't want to go in or you're trying to get out, right? Is Masada thought to be the location where David's fortress in the wilderness was one of his is that is that right is that um I'm not sure that somewhere that 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 Masada and David's fortress in the wilderness might might be one and the same so Hmm. that's another you know the Dead Sea is you know as a place of hiding a place of refuge you know a place in the wilderness where God you know takes care of his people interesting that that's part of Judah's territory just hmm Coming no, out. I, I didn't consider that. Yeah. All right. Well, so that's so, so, yeah, so that's the southern the southern border here, right? And okay. so now yeah. we're going to have described the uh, the the eastern border in just one sentence because it's really simple uh, when you have water involved. Um, and then we're going to 
um, have the description that describes the north, which is going to involve, it's going to be a little bit more involved then here. So yeah. let, let's uh, let's read these next several verses that describe the, the eastern border very briefly and then uh, the extent and the shape of this northern border then. Mm-hmm. And the east boundary is the Salt Sea to the mouth of the Jordan. And the boundary on the north side runs from the Bay of the Sea at the mouth of the Jordan. And the boundary goes up to Beth Hagla and passes along north of Beth Arabah. And the boundary goes up to the stone of Bohan, the son of Reuben. And the boundary goes up to Debir from the Valley of Achor and so northward, turning toward Gilgal, which is opposite the ascent of Adumim, which is on the south side of the valley. And the boundary passes along to the waters of En Shemesh and ends at En Rogel. Then the boundary goes up by the valley of the son of Hinnom at the southern border of the Jebusite, that is Jerusalem. And the boundary goes up to the top of the mountain that lies over against the valley of Hinnom on the west at the northern end of the valley of Rephaim. Then the boundary extends from the top of the mountain to the spring of the waters of Nephtoa and from there to the cities of Mount Ephron. Then the boundary bends around to Baalah, that is Kiriath Jerim, and the boundary circles west of Baalah to Mount Seir, passes along to the northern shoulder of Mount Jerim, that is Kesselon, and goes down to Beth Shemesh and passes along by Timnah. The boundary goes out to the shoulder of the hill north of Ekron. Then the boundary bends around to Shekeron and passes along to Mount Baalah and goes out to Jabneel. Then the boundary comes to an end at the sea. All right, so let's pause there. That's that's the, the northern boundary. So uh, probably the most detailed one of them all, and also... Uh, a lot of mountains mentioned in this northern border, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. The hill country. Right. So just speaking to, uh, right, that this is the very hilly part, right, of the territory right here. Um, you know, we actually have the mention of Jerusalem, right? Like Jerusalem is is pretty much on the border, of Judah and Benjamin, and you know this is this is of course why uh, everything is in terms of going up to Jerusalem because it's up in this hilly northern part of Judah, right? Yep. Have you ever been? Have you been there? I, I have not. Have you? Yeah, I mean I have, and it it is really hilly. <laughs> it's really <laughs> up to go to Jerusalem. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's tough tough country, actually. Um. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's interesting to me, you know, that literally runs right through Jerusalem, the Jebusite city, because, you know, mm-hmm. at the end, we find out they they actually couldn't get rid of them. <laughs> and the Jebusites right. stayed right. there for quite a while, really until David was the only one who could expel them. So, yeah, the city of Jerusalem itself being a, a, a border city, literally, not only between right. Benjamin and Judah, but also between Judah and and the uh, um, the Jebusites, who Benjamin right. doesn't seem to have been very successful in driving out. That's a whole nother, <laughs> a whole nother kind of thing about this, right? 
Right. Yes. We, we, we've seen that. We've seen that kind of like hinted at, um, you know, uh, here and there. It, it was kind of we saw like a big deal um, at the very beginning of chapter 13, where, you know, God's wow. speaking to Joshua like, hey, man, uh, you're really old. And yet there's a lot of conquering that we still got to do because you guys, uh, you haven't gotten rid of them all yet. So, I mean, yeah, yeah it's totally setting us up that there's just uh, so much work to be done. And there it is uh, kind of, as you said, I mean, it's interesting because, you know, just, we're just so used to thinking of Jerusalem as the holy city. Right. And it's like, well, yeah. it's not holy yet. <laughs> like they, no. they have to they have to, uh, you know, as, as we've been seeing, they have to consecrate it and they have to devote it before it's going to be holy. But that's, as you said, that's not actually going to happen until David. Um, and, and there's a little bit more we could say about that, but it's time for our break. But everybody hang yeah. with us here. We're looking at Joshua chapter 15 here on Thy Strong Word, and we'll be right back. Wednesday on Issues Etc., we'll talk with Mark Hemingway about President Trump's State of the Union Address and the Iowa caucuses. We'll discuss Old Testament Patriarch Jacob with Dr. Kevin Golden, and we'll respond to your email and the Issues Etc. comment line. Issues Etc., live weekday afternoons from 3 to 5 on KFUO. The Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod, on behalf of Concordia Plan Services, Lutheran Housing Support Corporation, Concordia University System, Lutheran Church Extension Fund, the LCMS Foundation, and Corporate Synod, daily reaches out to our members and partners, working together to support our local, global, and international ministries, church workers, and LCMS initiatives at large to carry the mission forward and to serve each other in love. Opportunities to serve, lcms.org careers. Here is what our listeners are saying about KFUO Radio. It's like we Bible-believing Christians have our own special uh, event. I love that. Wish the whole world could belong to Jesus. I really appreciate this, and I'm enjoying it very, very much. To leave a message on the KFUO comment line, call 314-996-1542. Christ for you, anytime, anywhere. Worldwide KFUO. Welcome back, everybody, to Thy Strong Word. I'm Pastor A.J. Espinosa. We're looking at Joshua chapter 15 today, looking at the inheritance of the people of God, as we were just talking about. It's so important because this is like Caleb and Joshua being like, hey, look, here, touch touch these marks in his hands, feel the wound in his side, right? This is the same land that was promised, and here it is delivered by the power of God. So, I mean, a very a very powerful moment here with the mention of Caleb and Joshua. And we're going to have, in uh, just a little minute, um, Caleb mentioned again, because um, we never did yeah. conclude that thought of, hang on a second, like, how did that fare with that 85-year-old kind of riding off 
uh, to go to go conquer, you know, boldly, right? Like, you know, was that like kind of, uh, I know, I, yeah, I know, right? Was that kind of quixotic of him, right? You know, or um, is he going to have any success, perhaps? So, uh, yeah, we're gonna we're gonna get to that in just a minute here, but I want to make sure to invite all of our live listeners. If you have a question for me or for Pastor Kevin Martin, who is our guest today, Pastor of Our Savior in Rala, North Carolina, if any questions or comments, please do call in. If you're listening live, one eight hundred seven three zero two seven two seven or if you're in St. Louis, you can call 314-821-0850, or you can always send an email to kfuo at kfuo.org. So, right, we were just uh, describing this northern border, which, I mean, as you're, mm-hmm. as you're reading the description, I mean, it's uh, it kind of, it starts off making um, quite a lot of sense. It's like, okay, yeah, so it's just Dead Sea, right? Like the part where it empties out into the to the Jordan River, okay, right up there. And then it's just like, it's just kind of mountain and valley, mountain and valley, mountain and valley, just kind of like yep. boom, 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 like lots of them, because it's just it's just so hilly. Like, it's the only yep. way to describe the border, because the border is so, uh, I mean, just naturally jagged here, because that's, that's what the terrain is like. And so that's why we have mentioned all of this stuff, like, you know, the, the ascent of the uh, Adamine in the Valley of Acor, which you know, we had, that was a... An interesting point, shall we say, um, in in the history of, of uh, Joshua here, right? What happened with Acor yeah. and Aiken, right? Um, so yeah. some places that are yep. kind of uh, you know ringing a bell um, in everyone's ears. Uh, not that any of them wouldn't have really. And as you said, the big one was uh, Jerusalem in there. As we're kind of going through all these valleys and mountains, it, it's uh, it's only called Jerusalem, kind of in uh, in what what is it? As by way of uh, what's the term? Um, hmm. it, it's, uh, it's a, the what, what is it? Anachronistic. It's, it's, <laughs> well, well, yeah, well, yeah, no, no, yeah, it would, it would be, yeah, it would be actually a deliberate anachronism, right? Because it's, it's not, it's, uh, it's ahead of time, right? For, for the perspective of, of Joshua. Yeah. Right. So, yeah. so it's, so it's anachronistic in the sense of he's kind of saying, oh yeah, it's right. You guys know it better as Jerusalem. Right. But at the time it was just, Jebusite territory. I mean, David hadn't come along and conquered this yet, because you know why? No. It was hard to conquer this stuff. It was mountainous. Yep. And they were tough. The Jebusites were right. hard cases. And and right. I mean, I think, I don't want to spend too much on but just a quick one, that the fact there's so many Gentiles dwelling in the city of Jerusalem, and the children of Israel, it's kind of the la- one of the last places in their territory that they actually take charge of, has something yeah. to do with the fact, too, that Jesus is the Savior of the Gentiles as well as of Israel? I mean, I don't think this is accidental. I mean, I think we're supposed to notice that. Yeah, it is It is really interesting, right? I mean, this, this past Sunday was uh, uh, Candlemas, you know, the uh, yeah. purification yeah. of Mary and the presentation yeah. of our Lord, right? And, and so mm-hmm. we had that reading from Luke 2, and, you know, mm-hmm. it's interesting, right, because there they are in the temple— and Simeon, right, this devout, um, you know, yeah. man of, of Jerusalem goes, and he, and he holds the Lord in his arms, you know, the Lord at 40 days old, and he says, you know, a light for revelation to Gentiles, and he yeah. refers to it as the salvation prepared in the face of every nation, right? And, and it's, yep. you know, you, you kind of read that, and you're sort of like, what's well, kind of odd, because this is kind of like right in the middle of the heartland of Israel territory. So that's not necessarily like 
at four corners or like at the UN or something like that. Right. Like this isn't right. Like, you know, kind of at the crossroads of all, all these different places. This is like right smack in the middle of, well, of Judah. More Jewish than Jerusalem. Right. Exactly. Exactly. But, but as you were saying, like, well, Jerusalem well, is kind of ironically sort of Gentile-ish, really. It right? is Gentile. This is maybe a little bit of United Nations. It is maybe yeah. a little bit, you know, of, of that going back in history. And just yeah. noticing those little details going, huh, okay. So God had not only Israel in view, too little a thing to just be the light for Israel, but light for the nations. Right. So, and since most of us are part of the uh, nation's part, I think this is, you know, something that our attention is definitely like, oh, good, God had us in view, you know, way back when, from the very beginning. We were not just afterthoughts. Right, right. Yeah, certainly. Yeah, and it's um, and it's interesting just too, right, that, it, I mean, it is the place that David himself has to go conquer, right? Like Joshua can't do yeah. it. Yeah. Um, but only, it. O- only, only the Messiah is able yeah. to, to capture it. All those other mighty judges, you know, even they couldn't mm-hmm. do it. Even Saul couldn't do it, and he was a mighty right. warrior. It was only well, I mean, David yeah. and Joab, you know, who actually did it. Yeah. Well, I, I, I mean, and also just using the, the Hebrew word Messiah as, as the title for the king, right? I mean, that, that David himself uses of Saul, right? Think about that. Like, Saul the Messiah, like, couldn't actually take it. It was only, like, David, like, the the promised messiah right i mean so i mean that really is quite the foreshadowing right that there's that there's certain stuff that you know no no judge or leader or even you know messiah lowercase m can do yet you have to go to the messiah to actually deliver the holy jerusalem actually deliver the holy city and and this is why i think this is a chapter that you skip over to your peril because when you get into the story of david and samuel and kings you know, they're assuming that you know this. And so when this pops up, you go, ah, only the Messiah, the anointed one, could take the city and make it holy. You know, it's interesting right. to this day, Jerusalem is still very much a divided city. There's a Christian quarter, a Muslim quarter, Jewish quarter. You're very aware of it. And, you know, sort of the more things change, the more they kind of stay the same. And maybe right. that's the way God wants it. I mean, maybe there is a, a point that we should notice when we go and visit there that, yeah, it's still a divided city. Yeah, it's still very much in the sight of every people. Uh, that is that is really yes. interesting. It's something. It is. Yeah, I, I mean, it's it's hard to, it's hard to, to to deny that that feeling of maybe there's something providential about that somehow. But yeah, yeah. yeah thanks for that. Very much so. All right. Well, let, let's go ahead. Um, hmm. So we're going to re- briefly uh, read the western <laughs> boundary, which is is. Uh, okay. Is, is so brief because it's the simplest boundary of all. It's it's as we've been saying before, like the word for West here in Hebrew um, is just the word that just means uh C word, you know? So, I mean, uh, it's yeah. just, it's, it's totally synonymous. It's like the sea is the same thing as the West. The West is the sea. Yes. It's just, it's just yeah. kind of patently obvious in this context. Um, and then we're going to read the little bit of narrative. I think that you were mentioning at the, at the top of the hour. Hooray. Yeah, I know a little, a little hey, bit more narrative. of the story. Yeah, I know. So hang on. Let's, this is the, this is the part that I'm excited about. So um, let's, let's pick it up then. And and we'll read this little part here in the middle. So picking it up at verse 12 and the West boundary was the great sea with its coastline. That is the boundary around the people of Judah, according to their clans. 
According to the commandment of the Lord to Joshua, he gave to Caleb, the son of Jephunneh, a portion among the people of Judah, Kiriath Arba, that is Hebron. Arba was the father of Anak. And Caleb drove out from there the three sons of Anak, Sheshai and Ahiman and Talmai, the descendants of Anak. And he went up from there against the inhabitants of Debir. Now, the name of Debir formerly was Kiriath Sefer. And Caleb said, Whoever strikes Kiriath Sefer and captures it, to him will I give Aksah my daughter as wife. And Othniel, the son of Canaz, the brother of Caleb, captured it. And he gave him Aksah his daughter as wife. When she came to him, she urged him to ask her father for a field. And she got off her donkey, and Caleb said to her, What do you want? And she said to him, Give me a blessing. Since you have given me the land of the Negev, give me also springs of water. And he gave her the upper springs and the lower springs. All right. So, yeah, in, in the middle of all of this, like, there's like a wedding. <laughs> right? You know, yeah. like, like uh, a battle and a wedding and like, it's just all, all there. A wedding. Yeah, I know. Just, I mean, right. What more, what, what more do you want out of a story? Right. So. Uh, it, it is, uh, there's a lot of things going on there. It's very condensed, right? I mean, it's just, it's just kind of packed yeah. in there because, as we've been saying, the, the point is the land at this point. The focus is so much on the land. This is, it's kind of just all just given as an aside. But, uh, I mean, there's so much going on in here. You know, we got the Anakites mentioned, right? It turns out, like, yes. they are successful We're, against them. Yeah. Because this is like this wonderful moment for Caleb because this was the whole thing. They're like, this land great? Yeah, it's great. There are giants there. I mean, we saw yeah, the descendants yeah. of the Anakim there, and they yeah. are like 10 feet tall, literally. Yeah. And they're like, oh, no, giants. And Caleb's like, I'm telling you, we can take them, okay? <laughs> so this is like Caleb's like, I told you guys that we could take them because the Lord is on your on our side. And you know what? I took them all on my own. I didn't even need the help of the rest of the tribes. I did that all by myself and the Lord helping right so that's just kind of a fun moment they're like hey i told you so and now you see that i'm right (laughs) bigger they are the The harder harder they they fall fall. yep yep no that's right i mean so he he drives him out his confidence i mean that's that's so crazy too right it's like 40 again again like 45 years ago he's like oh yeah we can do it then 45 years later he's like see i mean that's like the that, that's like the longest like most delayed gratification see i told you so ever right not not that I know. as you said not that that's actually the spirit but i mean really he waited 45 years to say that so um <clears throat> so yeah so he he does this and then there is, um, you know, and it's it's one of those things that for modern readers, it's sort of like, you know, hang on, like the daughter's like a like a you know battle trophy or a prize here. But, you know, I mean, again, it's you got to appreciate things in, in the right context here. Right. You know, it's 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 not just about like all all marriages are arranged. Right. I mean, there there is no pretty much like, you know, like, oh, like, well, we, we're, oh, we're yeah. really in love and yeah. like. You know, we fin- we finish each other's sandwiches, and so we just spontaneously did this in Vegas. There's none of that, so um, no. yeah, I appreciate it for the right the, r- the right context. But the, the thing that's kind of striking to me is that we we had this bit of dialogue, and, and the dialogue is always big in these narratives. And uh, the, the the dialogue might seem perplexing or just kind of weird at first. It's like you know, what what do you want? Um, and she's like, well, since you gave me all this land why don't you give me more stuff too? Right. And, and we might just read that as like, 
hang on, what? Like, just, I mean, you're like, well, while I've got your ear, like, I may as well, like, milk this or something. But um, if I'm not mistaken, I, I think there's, like, a there's logic. More. I think there's a logic there's a to logic. the request. Yeah, what do, you, what do you think? There is. Yeah, no, because remember, they're, they're pastoral nomads. Right. And land is good, but these are people who live from their flocks and herds. Right. So land without water is right. not any great deal at all. Right. And why he doesn't give her, he would know this, why he makes her ask for it. I'm not, I'm not exactly sure what's going on there, except to underscore that it's a gift, you know, that, that, that it's right. a gift. Um, ultimately, a gift that's given to Caleb from God, and he's re-gifting to her, but just, I think, underscoring. And, and also, right. way later in Jeremiah, when he praises the sons of, of Jonadab, um, because they're still living as nomads in the land with their flocks and their herds as they were commanded. They haven't become farmers. This is mm -hmm. also kind of, hey, God wanted us in this land, and he also wanted us in this land as pastoral nomads, you know, as strangers and sojourners. He never wanted us to think, you know, this is a place where we build here an abiding city. So I think the yeah. kind of it's very compressed. But I think behind this land, and I need water. Why would you need that? Because you're nomads. You're following your flocks right. and herds. You're dwelling in the land as Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob did. And remember, the shepherds, nomads, were abhorrent to the Egyptians, and apparently <laughs> uh, to the inhabitants of the land as well. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. So, so, several. Yeah, I was going to say just several good points there. And and, and right, you're, you're you're right that there's just so much in there. It is very compressed, but I, I think you're spot on that that's that's exactly what's going on. That it's like, well, if you're gonna give me all this land, right? I mean, because think about it, just uh when when the Reubenites and the Gadites and and the half tribe East Manasseh asked for that um trans Jordan area, right? Why'd they ask yeah. for all that land? Because we've yeah. got lots of livestock and we need room, right? And right. it's not like right. it was just land, but it was land that borders the Jordan River. So it made sense. So uh, just like you were saying, like uh, the two, it's like, why would you want land, lots, lots and lots of land if there's nowhere to actually water your flocks? And, um, you know, as you were saying, right, like why, why is it that he doesn't just kind of give her both like kind of off the off the top? It, it might It might not necessarily be that he was like planning on like just giving her waterless land but it's just that the water isn't kind of like mentioned um till the end well, as a way of yeah, just kind of highlighting it remember yeah, with abraham and with isaac and jacob when they have the land they're allowed to have the land but what do they fight over with the philistines they fight over the wealth yeah they, they, they fight over the water and so right. it's a way of underscoring not just you know that's a gift but also underscoring to the the natives of the land, the Jebusites, the Philistines who may be reading over their shoulder, God didn't just give them the land, but the springs of water belong to them too. The wells are theirs too. So don't even think right. about fighting us over, well, you got the land, but we got the water rights. Yeah, right. no, 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 no. You know how important <laughs> water rights are, right? <laughs> oh, goodness, right. Yes, yes. I mean, and, and so this and this is why the, the, the land to begin with, right, is actually valuable at all. Right. Because it has this water and it's up in the, in the mountains yes. and you've got like, you know, the, the water that's coming up um, from down from the mountains, precipitation coming down the mountain and all these wells and all these rivers and all, everything else. So this is why it's valuable. And, um, and and also, yeah, it, it is interesting. You're making the connection to like, you know, just the fights that went on 
elsewhere in scriptures, like about the water. And then, and then also, I don't know if this might be more of a stretch, but it's interesting how in so many of the marriage sequences in scripture, mm-hmm. there is, there is water for flocks or, or, or yes. people sometimes uh, very prominently yes. mentioned, right? I mean, like all the patriarchs yes. basically find wives at a well, right? I mean, exactly. it's like, it's like, so a man walks into a bar or, you know, a man walks up to a well and he gets married, right? I mean, it's just kind of like it's standard, right? It's just the standard thing. And so, um, you know, here it is, right? It's, uh, I, I mean, like, right, it, it, it was uh, Jacob, I mean, like, he, like, sees, like, uh, like Rachel, like, yeah. I think, when he when he's, like, out, like, finding, he's observing, like, some shepherds, like, uh, interacting, like, with a well or some uh, water or something like this. So it seems to kind of always be in the middle of this. And then, you know, even in the New Testament, right, there's our Lord Jesus, talking to a woman at a well, hey, what's going on, right? Oh, he's talking to her about, like, her, you know, adultery and, and like, the husbands that she's had and um, the man who's not her husband. And, and and then also, of course, you know, at the wedding in Cana, right, he takes all this water and he doesn't, he, well, that's yeah. the thing, he doesn't just give him, he doesn't, he doesn't give him just yeah. water at the wedding, right? That's what you expect, like, wine. that someone's going to get water. He gets, he gets, they have to get wine, right? And, 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 you know, the woman at the well is a great one, a tie-in here because, She's like, hey, this is Jacob's well. And Jesus is like, well, you know what? I'm actually the well of Jacob, <laughs> okay? Right. I mean, I am the one who has the real living water. I am the true fountain of Israel, the fountain of life. And so, yeah, water is life. And, hey, we wouldn't be good Lutherans if we didn't see baptism in this, right? I mean, Luther <laughs> doesn't ever find water in the Bible without seeing baptism. So somehow, <laughs> I know not how, maybe you can do this. But somehow baptism ties into this. I'm not sure how, but it must. It's water. <laughs> yeah, well, and it's life giving. Well, that's right. That, that's right. Like, maybe we'll we'll discontent ourselves. We'll with just the, keep going, the, right? Keep yeah, with the with the broader <laughs> the broader theme as you've left it. Uh, but yes, uh, yeah. we we still as as much as we've covered this is only like as far as verses like half of the chapter. So let's go ahead, kind of kind of quickly now. We got the narrative um, though. Yeah, that's right. We, we've kind of we've got the narrative piece. Now, now comes this list, and I will do my best. And um, and then maybe when we're done reading the list, um, of course, at the end we're gonna have this little bit of the narrative that's still hanging over okay. our heads. One but, but we can uh, narrative. Yeah, yeah. This, this minor detail. This minor detail. You know those guys. Well, we never did get them out, did we? Um, we but did so we, we maybe a couple comments on the list at the end, and then and then maybe um, just talk about the of course the the last bit of narrative and. Um, the chapter yeah. overall. So, all right. So we just read verse 19. So here we are picking it up at verse 20 of Joshua chapter 15. This is the inheritance of the tribe of the people of Judah, according to their clans. The cities belonging to the tribe of the people of Judah in the extreme south toward the boundary of Edom were Kabzael, Eder, Jagur, Kinah, Dimonah, Adadah, Kadesh, Hazor, Ithnan, Ziph, Telam, Belaoth, Hazor Hadata, Kerioth Hezron, that is Hazor, Amam, Shema, Madalah, Hazar Gada, Heshman, Beth Pelet, Hazar Shual, Beersheba, Bizyothaya, Bala, Iam, Ezim, Eltalad, Kesil, Horma, Ziklag, Madmana, Sansana, Lebaoth, Shilhim, Ain, and Ramon, in all 29 cities with their villages. And in the lowland, 
Eshtaol, Zorah, Ashna, Zenoa, Enganim, Tapua, Enam, Jarmuth, Adulam, Soko, Azekah, Shaoraim, Adiathaim, Gedorah, Gedorothaim, 14 cities with their villages. Zinan, Hadashah, Migdalgad, Dilian, Mizpeh, Jokthael, Lakish, Bozkath, Eglon, Kabon, Lamam, Kitlish, Gedaroth, Beth Dagon, Nama, and Makeda, 16 cities with their villages. Libna, Ether, Ashan, Iftha, Ashna, Nezib, Kela, Akzib, and Marisha, nine cities with their villages. Ekron, with its towns and villages, from Ekron to the sea, all that were by the side of Ashdod with their villages. Ashdod, its towns and its villages, Gaza, its towns and its villages, to the brook of Egypt and the great sea with its coastline. And in the hill country, Shamir, Jatir, Soko, Dana, Kiriathsana, that is Debir, Anab, Eshtemo, Anim, Goshen, Holon, and Gilo, 11 cities with their villages. Arab, Duma, Ashan, Janim, Beth Tapua, Afeka, Humta, Kiriath Arba, that is Hebron, and Zior, nine cities with their villages. Maon, Carmel, Ziph, Jutah, Jezreel, Jokdiam, Zenoa, Cain, Gebeah, and Timnah, ten cities with their villages. Halhul, Bethzur, Gedor, Maraath, Bethanoth, and Eltakan, six cities with their villages. Kiriath Baal, that is Kiriath Jarim, and Rabbah, two cities with their villages. In the wilderness, Beth Arabah, Midin, Sekakah, Nishan, Nibshan, the city of salt, and Engedi, six cities with their villages. But the Jebusites, the inhabitants of Jerusalem, the people of Judah could not drive out. So the Jebusites dwell with the people of Judah at Jerusalem to this day. Okay. So a lot of cities. So the focus now, right, we kind of had the, we had the breakdown of like the borders, but now this is like the inheritance, like per clan, right? And so certain right. clans were in, were in these cities, certain clans were in these other cities. Um, you know, it, it seems like the, this would have been um, pretty straightforward to the listeners because they would have like known where they lived um, without right. like, much uh, explanation. And in fact, it probably became the case that the names of the clans um, became kind of tied up in the names of the cities themselves, um, you know, as a way of identification. I mean, just think of like our Lord Jesus was known as, you know, Yeshua Nazareth, you know, like, like guy from yeah. Nazareth. So there's that strong association between like, you know, your, your family and your, and your clan uh, with, with the name of the city. And then every once in a while um, you get kind of the old name, like Kiriath Arba that, with a new name. Um, and right. so you get that. And then at the very end, most prominently, well, 
there's that place that was formerly, uh, uh, or yeah. I guess still is, Jebusite territory, huh? So, um, <laughs> so like like I said, just a, f- a few minutes uh, here at the very end here. So yeah, your I mean, any any highlights from the breakdown of the cities, or just uh, further thoughts on the the kind of ongoing Jebusite situation? Well, just just to tie it in with the Jebusite situation, like towns like Ashdod and Gaza. Don't, don't seem to ever have really been liberated. They seem to be Philistine territory even after David, you mm-hmm. know? Um, right. So it, it just kind of on that list, there would be some that jump out at you that Jerusalem wasn't the only one there where the conquest was incomplete and much delayed. Right. Um, no, that, that's that's yeah. a really that's a really good point, and that goes back to what we said back in chapter thirteen. That God's like, you know what? You're not going to get around to knocking all these guys out of here. But I, Joshua, I just want you to go through a survey, this overview, this with everybody, and say, hey, look, these are the cities assigned to you. These are the places assigned to you, and you're going to go. This is your job. This is your task here, right? Like whether or not you've done it yet, this is right. the one that God's assigned you, and. It's just as you were yep. saying, and this is going to take us into ju- into judges, right? It's like this is what God like assigned to them, that what God allotted them, but whether they took it or not is a different story. Very different story, yes. You know, God God keeps His promises, but the children of Israel do not always rely on them in faith, which is why it took forty years for us to get here, where we could have been, you know, forty years before. So there is that kind exactly. of ongoing theme of God's faithfulness and our flightiness maybe our, our yeah resistance to well, trusting the promises to really relying right. on them yeah well There's well actually on on that, that note actually could you maybe just like with the last 30 seconds here maybe try to connect yeah. that idea to ourselves even that kind of now and not yet shall we say yeah because i mean where we started is a good good place to bookend that you know just as this is a concrete inheritance we have a concrete inheritance. As John says, even now we are children of God. But, you know, do we always live like that? You know, do do we always believe that? Because sometimes we're like, yeah, someday Jesus come back, we'll go to heaven, then everything will be fine. But there's a way in which, you know, the promises are ours now by faith. And sometimes we don't want to throw too many rocks at the incomplete conquest because we haven't always taken complete charge of the territory that God has assigned us in Christ. Amen. Extremely applicable to ourselves today. Brother, thank you so much for coming back and coming back on a chapter that others might have thought twice about. I appreciate it. I enjoyed it thoroughly. (laughs) God bless you. Come back again real soon with us. Thank you. Everybody, that was Pastor Kevin Martin, pastor of Our Savior Lutheran Church in Rolla, North Carolina looking at Joshua chapter 15 together, just that concluding note, yes, you know, that was what was assigned to them, whether or not they'd possessed it yet, and already we have the resurrection. We have it in baptism, St. Paul says. The question is, will we will we walk in it? And not fully until the day of the resurrection. Moving on to chapter 16 next time, everybody. I'm Pastor A.J. Espinosa. Till then, peace. been listening to Thy Strong Word, produced by the Lutheran Church Missouri Senate Office of National Mission in cooperation with Worldwide KFUO, the official broadcast ministry of the LCMS. Your support is vital for this program to continue. 
you can make a gift safe, secure, and easily online at kfuo.org. Thank you for listening and supporting Thy Strong Word.